from Braided Media. This is 54 Lights. Whatever you do in life, make it count, make it memorable, and make it captivating. Be certain that your mark will leave a mark. Permanent and undeniable tracks that say, I was here. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. We're in our third season now, and embark on our renewed mission to celebrate creators from the continent and sometimes beyond it. We'll focus on artists, musicians, storytellers, and entrepreneurs who are shaping our collective culture and whose work magnetically and magically is uniting us all. By now, you've grown accustomed to the intense greatness of our guests. And if by chance you haven't, well, you must listen to this and to many more shows to meet the incredible people I've been privileged enough to talk to. My name is Kandwani Mwase. And the next episode is Soundtracks and features my conversation with the musical duo that's behind this show's theme music for the past three unforgettable seasons. Andy Ninval and Joachim Nortebert are the masterminds behind a group called Multiformats. It's a production company and a reservoir of musical talent. I met Andy in 2018 in Den Haag in the Netherlands. At the time, he was en route to a performance in Poland. We spent an afternoon together with friends and family at a time when travel and roaming was still permitted. I knew in an instant that this was a man whose talents were boundless. Weeks and months later, our friendship blossomed into a partnership, and he and his partner Joaquin began what was the first in a series of critical engagements to create original music for this show. Their talent for making music is undeniable, as you'll hear. They, like many others within this space, have a unique way of building something from virtually nothing. But while they play in a large sandbox with many other talented artists, their business, their approach, if you will, is quite unique. From the way they create to the way they deliver. It comes with precision, it comes with personality, and it comes with panache, something that's undeniable and truly magnetic. I met with them recently to talk about how multi-formats came to be, how their magic is made, and naturally, 
how they've been navigating through life in the age of COVID. Suffice it to say, this pandemic's pressure has been felt globally, with people in the creative arts seemingly hanging on for dear life. But through this fog, through this havoc and chaos, their spirit, their resolve, and their amazing ability continues to show them through. What follows is a glimpse into their world, a world of harmony amongst the havoc. So if you can do 50 push-ups with no problem, yeah, don't you, count. Yeah, don't you got to start 50. at 51. You got to start at I 51. Think, yeah. Interesting. When I started doing that, my body started changing, bro. Seriously. Interesting. Interesting. So my one begins when it starts painting. I'm like, okay, that's one. And then I try to do 50. Uh, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't think this would be a workout tips uh, call, did you? Eh? This is. You know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not even talking about music. We're, we're just like this is just about music working out. <laughs> oh, hey, listen, guys. Thanks so much for jumping on. I'm so so excited to be talking to you. Um, you know, kind of face to face as much as we can in this garbage time of COVID, man. I, I just, no doubt. It's just something no else. Okay. Okay. So. You know, let's let's start at the beginning, the place where I always always start, and I'm gonna I'm gonna run through names. I've never done um, a a, uh, a two person interview over Zoom, but but we'll start <laughs> over there. Let her be the first. <laughs> exactly, you guys are the first. You guys are the first. Um, so so let me start at the beginning. If you guys can introduce yourselves, give me give me both of your names and where you're from. Maybe we'll start with you, Andy, um, okay. and then. Um, then I got a follow-up question about about the music uh, and, the, and the name of the, the group, if you will. Uh -huh. uh, my name is uh, Andy Ninval. Uh, I was born in Guyana, South America. My uh, father is St. Lucian. My mother is Guyanese. So I've got that Caribbean thing in man thing. So watch out. Okay. Pass the baton. I, I, I want you to pronounce your name properly because I hope I've been I hope I haven't been mispronouncing it, but, but go ahead. Who is it now? You talking to me or to Andy? I'm talking to you now. Okay. So my name is Joachim Notebart. Joachim Notebart. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. but it's perfect. You can pronounce it like this. Um, that means I'm I got born... it wrong. That means I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I come. I come from Belgium. I've been first dancing since I'm five. I went to art school in Brussels. Um, I was just, you know, playing around with music since I was 12, 14. And, uh, you know, I just like to, to make music. I was obsessed by making music. Interesting. Interesting. So w w before you go there now, you, you guys are both ready to, to jump into the music and the dancing. So that's, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Cause you're passionate yeah. about that. But I, I want to yeah. double, double back on your name. So you're, you're Belgian and I've, I've heard you sometimes go by Joe. Um, is that is that a group name or is that a, is that something for for you, Joachim? Um, no, it's it, it it comes because of a language problem because in Belgium we have three national languages, mm -hmm. which is French, uh, Dutch, and German, and most of the time I found out when I was at school that teachers couldn't pronounce my name. So, because the name is so completely different in both languages, 
And one of my dance, dance teachers ever said to me when I was a kid, uh, told me Joe. And she wrote it like DJO. And I thought, oh, you know, that sounds like DJ. So that's cool. <laughs> so I'm going to keep that. <laughs> yeah, that works. That works. So can I call you Joe then? Does that work? You can call me Joe. That's no problem. What got you into the world of music? First of all, I think it's passion. This is the biggest reason. Um, I was dancing, like since I was a little kid. And it always occurred to me is like, why if I, because to dance, you need to understand music. And I think both combine themselves. And yeah, I always tried to find a way. I remember my first program was, uh, it's called Magic's Music Maker. If you're talking about making music on computer, because I know you guys are old school, but Andy knows it. Andy knows it. He's putting yeah. his hand up. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was so I was so fantastic. Like you, you press a button and then came sound on. But I always thought like hmm, I can do better than this because this program was more about <clears throat> combining loops and not creating. If you can understand a bit what I mean. Yeah. And um, so, I must say, how did it start? I think I really, I was obsessed with this about uh, creating sound my own, like creating a song. Like sometimes I was singing and I would tell like, hmm, what if I could make music for this? Or what if I could just, you know, say like, okay, I dance or I dance on my own song or my own music, I would say. So uh, I started with this, uh, first it was a program, uh, this name was Hydrogen. Because back in the days there was uh, Windows 95. <laughs> 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 and you had uh, this uh, typical ugly sound from a drum kit. Um, and I was using this and yeah, you know, when you're 12 or 11, you're so proud because you made the drum like a drum loop. And that was my first beginning. Then I, I I'm mostly work with FL Studio. <clears throat> um, I just, is, it's not because I choose it, it's because back in the days, you had Pro Tools, you had FL Studio One, which was very ugly and unuseful comparing to now. Mm -hmm. And then you had for the Mac users, I uh, think it's uh, still Logic and the first GarageBand. Um, and I just took FL Studio because it was the most accessible for me. And then I, you know, year by year, I, I learned by myself what is chords. Because sometimes you press a button and go like, yeah, you're the boss. But <laughs> and then you realize like, no, music is more than this. Till I was, I think I met Andy when I was 18, something like this. Andy, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm too old to remember, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. It must be like 17, 18, yeah. And at, yeah. at this time, what are you doing, Andy? How, where do, where are you guys meet? Where did you guys meet? Sorry. I, I uh, met, I met I Joe. At his, uh, at his dance school, because my dance company was giving dance workshops at his dance school. 
God. So he was a student, a dance student in the class. And it was quite interesting meeting him because at the time I met him, he was, he was on crutches. <laughs> oh boy. He, but I tell you something, even though he was on crutches, he was still in the class, hopping around, limping around, you know, and, 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 um, Oh, he and, was and literally, he was literally on crutches. Yeah, he was yeah. literally oh. on crutches. I thought, that was a, I thought that was a way you were making fun of him saying that maybe he wasn't as good a dancer as you. I thought that I was... know, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he was on point. And, and that's what I wanted to say is because even though he was on crutches, mm. it was very clear that, that, that he was very talented. You see what I mean? So I could see through the obstructions of the crutches that he just had mad skills as a mover so i approached him and i was like yo who are you why the crutches and we talked and that sort of stuff and well that's actually how we met each other it was at that um that dance school in in brussels uh, Very nice. Very yeah 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 it was quite interesting yeah so you guys meet through the world of dance not really through the world of composing music is that oh no yeah. not at all if i, I may know. if i may correct something sure um yeah. Actually, he was giving a workshop in my school, and the real story is, if I may correct a bit, Andy, because he started yep. to get a bit old, I think. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> is that I broke my knee during his workshop. Ooh. Yeah, that was it. And was it. The, the next day, I came with a knee was like big as a balloon, and yep. I thought like, nah, it's nothing. I'm just gonna continue. And he really literally shout on me, I was really pissed off and he said to me, um, yeah, you need to go to hospital right now. You're unconscious, la, 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 la. And I thought like, okay, 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 chill down. I go to hospital. Then finally, I really needed the big, big operation. Wow. And I, literally, I literally broke my knee in this workshop. <laughs> and at the end... I didn't, I didn't even remember that. I just seem to remember you being in the class with an injury I, and hopping yeah, yeah. around. And I was like... That's what I seem to remember. Okay, so I, okay. You know what? I, I think what's, what's happening is that even to this day, Andy is worried that you're going to sue him for... Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's, he's protecting himself. This isn't a memory thing. He knows exactly yeah, what yeah. he's doing. <laughs> so, 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 Andy, you you've got the music thing going. You you, you meet Joe in in your class. You, you uh, yeah. save his life, even though you you actually maybe were risking it at some point in time. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys as paths cross there. Um, you know, sort of. You know, fast forward. Then what happens? And and where are you in your musical journey at the time? Um, I think in my musical journey, I was, I was messing around with music, also with Magic Music Maker. I, um, I also had um, Reason. There was this, um, this music program called Reason. Um, I was already, um, at the time that I, I met Joe, I was, a, I was an active professional musician. So... I was already doing tours all over the world and performing with, you know, big bands, big names and that sort of stuff. So I was used to being in the studio and recording, but never behind the control, always being the one being recorded. 
And I had a friend, a, a Dutch Indonesian guy called uh, Floris Kisman. And like about 30 years ago, I, when I first came to the Netherlands, he, he had Cubase. And this, record, this recording program called Cubase. And um, he used to be using it on back then an Apple Macintosh computer. And like these big, you know, the ones yeah. that you really can be a legal weapon. And, um, and I remembered I used to be recording and he used to show me how to work it and that sort of stuff. And so I was already very, very enthusiastic about learning to make music because very much like Joe exemplified, like music and dance for me, it was one. I grew up in a culture where music and dance, actually music, dance and food were all in the same category. Right. You see what I mean? So for me, it was difficult to separate it because when I, as I, as I mentioned before, when I was break dancing, I was already beatboxing. And at school, I played drums and steel pan, understand? which is very typical of the Caribbean. Um, so when I met Joe, I was already messing around with music, not on a very serious level, but it was one of the hobby things that I did. You know what I mean? And what happened is in my dance company, I was also the person, I was also the musical director, if you could put it like that, because I was the choreographer, the conceptual artistic thinker, mm-hmm. and the, the, the musical person. So all the music from my dance company, I made myself. We didn't use existing music. All if originals. Used, yeah, I, or if we used existing music, I would always remix it if it's a hip hop song, then it becomes a samba song. If it's a samba song, it becomes a bossa nova song. Mm. So I would always like change it up and stuff. So I was already used to, um, because of my dance, being musically active in the right. studio. Right. You understand? Creating beyond, music. Beyond just dancing. You were, you were oh, yeah. creating all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I, um, when I met Joe um, on that dance forum, I, I recognize his skill. He, 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 he seemed to be a really nice guy. He was very energetic, very positive, just, just a, a, a very nice human being, it seemed. It seemed, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, to this day, he's still the facade. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I was fooled. I yeah, was fooled. I tell you, man. He just sucks you right in. And man, Life is hard, man. Got to be resilient. <laughs> but, but, but we hooked up, and I eventually, because, um, because I really liked him, and he was young, and he was very ambitious, I was like, man, listen, I've got this dance company that's doing really well in the Netherlands. Um, why don't you come dance for us? And he was really shocked, you know, and I, uh, he was, of course, he was an amateur dancer. And I was still in uh, crutches too. Oh, yeah. On crutches, still on crutches. Wow. And uh, I invited him over to, to, to the Netherlands with, with much, and Joe probably knows it too, with a lot of, I got a lot of, a lot of fire for it because he was the only amateur in the group. Mm. So the professional dancers didn't want to dance with an amateur. So he got a lot of static for that too. You remember yeah. Suit was giving you a lot of problems, Joe? Yeah. It was directly because of that. Anyway, but um, so I invited him over simply because um, for me, coming from the streets, we don't have those type of hierarchies. It's like you're good or you're not good. 
Yeah, your you credibility do, is, is, is in your talent, right? It's in your talent. What can you do? Wow, he's good. I'm going to use him. Oh, but he's, a, he's an amateur. That dude is good. I'm going to use him. See what I mean? That's the way I kick it. So he was good, so I wanted to use him. And also his discipline and stuff was on point. And I thought he would be able to function within my professional group in a professional way because he was, you know, he, he, was, he, he, was, he was a decent human being. <laughs> and um, I'm going to leave this conversation. Yeah, I was going to say, you, yeah. you see all the credibility there. And anyway, to make a long story short, we started working together in my dance company. We did several productions, um, uh, choreographies in, in, in the company. And after that, we started getting into the music stuff. Because, of course, I was making music for right. the productions he was doing. And he showed interest in that. And I. And that's where it came from. Like, yeah, yeah, that's where this way it came from. I, that's fantastic. I, um, I'm curious about, you know, especially with with arts, and maybe the, the, I'll, I'll ask you the question mm -hmm. too, Andy, um, later, but just after after Joe answers, like when yeah. when is that moment where you're like, oh, like I love this and I can make a living right. doing this? I, I always I always refer to, I don't know the words because I'm not native English speaker, but it's something that we say, uh, like a sentence, you know, um, I always refer to this one is like you don't choose to be an artist the artist choose you Andy do you feel that that was the same thing for you or is, was your journey different um, I, I can totally attest to that uh, Konduani I, I, I absolutely agree with Joe in respect of the art choosing me I I think I was always chosen to be an artist because this anyone who knows me including my primary school's teacher who i knew from when i was five years until i was heading to 11. this guy lived in jamaica and i went to visit him he told me at age five i knew you would be an artist i recorded an, a conversation i had with him like about six years ago in um in clarendon in jamaica where I went to visit him, uh, to talk to him, you know, and he told me things about myself that I don't even remember. He told me about me performing for the class, like him leaving the class for five minutes and coming back and me in front of the class performing yeah. at age six. You know <laughs> what I mean? So that was evidently something that was designed for me. Um, I think I, um, when my, um, I had a situation when I was 10 years old that my parents were no longer in the picture. So my father wasn't there, my mother wasn't there. And um, so I had this sort of, um, this sluice gate that opened for me that showed me freedom in a way that I could never imagine which meant that um, as a child, I was allowed to be a complete child. Playful, mm -hmm. spontaneous, fearless, all the things that children are, I was allowed to do from age 10 to now. Mm -hmm. So what happened is that artist in me, that performer in me who wants to do a little dance and to make people laugh was without a harness, 
without was without stirrups and without reins and without a saddle on its back. It, I was a I was a free mustang. Gone. I was gone. I entered high school, breakdancing, doing poetry, performing at school. Everybody at high school would have tested that I was the performer because I went to very. Um, <clears throat> very prestigious uh, high school in my country called Queens College. And everybody knows Queens College is a place where all the scholars and leaders and big doctors, they, they go there. And Andy was breakdancing there. Everybody mm -hmm. knows me because I was probably the only kid in that school, in the history of the school that ever did that. You know what I mean? So I raised a lot of eyebrows and, you know, I was, you know, turning a lot of heads. Yeah, that's, that, that's interesting. Um, you, you, and you still have that in you, right? Like, Joe, I think, you, you know, we, we're both, um, <laughs> this, this guy has to be uh, definitely, you, you can picture him doing that all his life, right? Like, it's, it's just entertaining <laughs> and performing yeah, and stuff like that. And, and he said to me something very interesting, um, because I asked him, like, why do you choose me? Like when you live, when you work in the professional world, why would you choose me as an amateur yeah. or just as a kid who I'm just like Andy was also dancing in the street. Like I'm, I think I'm the last generation because now there is Instagram, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were, we were breakdancing and popping, locking at the, um, at the central station in Brussels till, till the end of the night. But I asked him that the, 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 the question and he told me, we just found each other. And as more as we know each other now, because I think it's over 15 years already, maybe. <laughs> it's gonna be something, time goes fast, yeah. And uh, we see, okay, we are different, but the root of our imagination or the root of our soul is the same. So, so let, me, let me pivot now and just say, there's two, two areas I really wanna get to. One is, as performers, doing the work that you guys do, composition, performance, music in general, art, COVID is, is you know, COVID has changed the world, right? It has changed the world um, in every single way. How has that impacted what you guys are doing? And how have you um, been able to survive, thrive, you know, or, or just kind of get by? What's going on? Um. Uh, Joe, let, let, let me let me have a shot at this first. Um, I think as an artist, we struck very hard because I'll tell you, I had um, 14 performances in the month of October. Let, no, 14 days of performing, hmm. which ended up to be like close to 40 performances because sometimes I do three performances a day. Right. Out of those 14 days of performing, I have done, I will be doing only two. So this week, for instance, today, I should have been at the theater performing, doing two performances for almost each performance, 200 kids. That's the amount of kids I reach wow. with one performance. Mm. And so that's 400 potential um, fans and 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 people to be touched by art gone yeah um so financially it's an enormous blow 
like enormous blow because as an artist, both Joe and I do pretty well. So um, uh, it's been the very first time in more than 25 years that I am on welfare. Mm. It's embarrassing for me as an artist and as an older dude. It's, it's depressing. It's really not good for my mental health. Um, so I'm not able to perform. I'm not able to earn. Um, and if I were to examine the science behind the regulations that are being implemented in Europe, it doesn't add up. It makes no sense to a lot of people. People are like, what's going on? Even the schools are like, we don't know what's going on. Because for instance, I'll give you a stupid example so you guys know in what's going on over here. One of my performances was, was canceled at the theater. So I said, can I perform then at the school? Because I'm losing serious money here. And the school said, yes, you can perform at the school. I said, so is it the same group of kids I will be performing for at the school? Yes, it's the same group of kids. And I'm like, so what's really the difference between <laughs> performing with these kids at the school or the theater. and performing with these kids in the theater? And they, if, it's, if it's exactly the same group of kids, they're like, we don't know. But the local center for disease yeah. control mandated that the kids cannot go to the theater. I said, but when I'm performing at school, they're inside, they're not outside in the field. So it's in an enclosed space. Yes. I said, but the theater is also an enclosed space. And in the theater, the theaters can hold like about 700 people. These 200 kids can social distance much better in the theater. Yes, the teachers agree. They don't own this. So you have that sort of stuff happening. To answer your question, it's not a good situation. Yeah, for sure. I have been on a plane flying to Milan that was completely packed with 213 people, uh, passengers, sitting next to me with masks on. And I'm thinking, well, if you can fill a plane with masked people to travel, then you can fill a theater with masked people and I can perform. Yeah, you know, it's 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 uh, interesting that you say that. I know um, I was watching some sports the uh, the other day and just seeing how, you know, even stadiums are starting to fill up a little bit, um, 10%, 20% or whatnot. Um, and I was speaking to one uh, person who's in the same game as both of you gentlemen uh, in the sense that she's a, she's a writer, she's an author. And I know that they opened up a theater house in London, but they opened it to monologue plays. So... You know, it's uh, like you said, it's, this is something, and, and Andy, your experience is not, is not unique. Um, people in the travel industry, people in any business industry, you know, there, there's been a lot of people lost their jobs here. Uh, I lost my job, my nine to five. Uh, luckily, I was able to pick another one up, but yeah. same sort of thing, right? Years, year, years of, of steady income and not really necessarily having to worry about that. And all of a sudden your world gets flipped around. Um, Joe, what's been your experience? Um, I would just start with something else um, for, for just for a second related to this. Sure. Like, I'm a bit different in, in the case of Andy, and it's simply because my country is completely different than the Netherlands. And the biggest problem that I, I, I see here is we have the COVID rules, you know, the restrictions, what you need to do, mask, no masks. And they changing every 
in reality every five days, every week. Now, the country Belgium is already so small and you have the, the north part, which is Flanders, the, the south part, Wallonia, the French part where I live. And then you have the German part and you have Brussels. So there are four regions. The biggest problem is that the restrictions and the new rules are not the same in the entire country. So sometimes you have restrictions in one side of the country, which are not. That means that sometimes like I'm a professional teacher of dancing. I'm lucky I'm teaching in big schools that they have money and they can get over this crisis. They can still pay me because some of my friends really lost their jobs, schools closed, bankrupt. But sometimes I go like, uh, oh yeah, oh this week I can teach in Flanders. I cannot teach in Brussels, but I can teach in Wallonia. And the next week, oh, I'm allowed to teach in Wallonia, but not in Brussels because the rules are changing. So. Right now, there is a curfew, which is different, different in Brussels, Flanders, and Wallonia. So the problem is, like, for me, I need to drive to different schools, which one yeah. is in Brussels, one in Flanders. But sometimes I finish, let's say, at 10. But there is a curfew in Wallonia from 10 p.m. So when I drive back, sometimes I get arrested on the highway by the police <laughs> and asking me... Uh, yeah. Out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. asking me... Where yeah. you go? I said, it's I come crazy. home for my work. Yeah, but there is a curfew. I said, yes, but my work is in Brussels. And in Brussels, I can be out till 11, in Flanders till 12, but in Wallonia till 10. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pivot for a second now. And understandably, you know, the stuff that's going on with COVID is, is very difficult for both of you and for, you know, anybody who is in the artistic world. So we will just we will just hope that those things just get better and we will stay in touch on that if you guys don't mind you know in terms of what the business that you do uh i was really excited to, to be working with you guys from the beginning so this is we're coming into our third season of 54 lights podcast and the music that you hear the intro and the outro is composed created and performed by these two gentlemen and it just gets everybody going jamming bobbing their heads yeah! excited yeah i'm telling yeah! you it's, That's um, how we do it, yo. It is. It is crazy. So I like that. So I have I to like tell that. you guys, I got nothing but love for it. Um, I oh. absolutely love the way you do the the way you do what you do, and I will try and have longer musical interludes um, from yep. now on. Um, yep. Just because at least one person has told me, says, "Hey, man, just just hold off a few minutes. Let the music. Play. <laughs> Let the music play. That's um, beautiful." That's beautiful. So, and Konduani, I really remember actually how we started the last year's song. Because me and Andy, we were in Croatia. And uh, at that time. Mm -hmm. I was playing basketball, wasn't it? Yeah, no, 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 no. Because I was after my, my big operation. I really had a, a very big surgery last year. Right. And uh, he took me to, to Croatia, to his apartment. Said, yeah, Joe, you need some rest, you know. Hmm. And uh, I had some ideas for the, for, the, for the new song. And then I remember we, we were just walking on the beach and Andy yep. just started to boom, 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 to, 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 to do like a bass line. And I was like, stop, say that again. Yeah. That, then, that's, how, that's how I produce a lot of my, my stuff, <laughs> Econ Wani. Just go. And he's like, hey, 
I'm going to use that. I like the bass line. I was like, I like this bass line that you just did. And yeah. I just, I remember I recorded it with my phone. And then when I was, when we were home back in the apartment, I was like, you know, saying nothing, <laughs> opening my computer and just pa, 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 try to find it up, play the bass line again and just construct around this. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're walking on the beach. Yeah. Andy starts doing a beatbox. You record yeah. that on your iPhone, come back to the apartment and just start composing based off of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, well, Andy was next. He said, like, yo, what do you think about this? No, nah, I don't like this and this and this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so you know, funny. Grandpa, old school grandpa got it into play. Like, oh, nah, that's oh. how you do it. That was going to be my question, which is fantastic. So it was to say, how do you play together, right? So, you know, it's Andy starts off with a beat. You come in and you jump into, uh, uh, into the studio. And then, and then Andy, Andy just gets in the way. But, but you know, like, <laughs> so is, that, is that typically how you, guys, um, how you guys riff and come up with, with a masterpiece that you do? It, it, it comes up in, in many different ways. Um, a lot of times because... Joe is very constantly producing. You know what I mean? He's in a constant state of production. You see what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of times he's like, yo, I'm working on this. And I'm like, throw that shit out of the window. That's no good. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, then another time I'm like, whoa, that sounds really good. Let's tweak and blah, 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 blah. But um, a lot of times it's, it's, it's very spontaneous. Very spontaneous. It's not like, and just to do a little sidestep on that, what I really love about working with you and with working with, with clients like you is like, we love, and I don't know a lot of other production teams that do it this way. Like both Joe and I really enjoy if you tweak stuff. If you're like, nah, I want that bass to be more funky. It's not funky. Right. No, we're like, yeah, we make it fun. <laughs> like, I like that challenge. And yeah. Joe loves that challenge too. And I was talking to other producers and they were like, no, man, we sell it to you and that's it. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, that's that's really funny. And I love that you you pointed that out. And I'm, I'm actually happy that, that it was a good um, interaction for you because I had something very specific in my head, although I had yeah. no idea how to build it and no idea like literally yeah. the details of it. Yeah. And when you guys came back with the, you know, first iterations, I was like, <laughs> I love them, but I was like, just, just a little something that's off, just a little something. And sometimes with creative people, that feedback is not welcome, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, what I really appreciate about Andy and Joe and what you guys do is that you didn't get offended because I was like, hey, no. amazing. This is 99% no. there. I just think I want yeah. something a little different. And I gave you almost, to be honest, I gave you no direction. And you guys came back and you're like, okay, cool. And I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah. This shit yeah, is but, great. But Kondwani, we become excited about that. Both mm. Joe and I, our creative energy loves that type of requests and love those types of inquiries because what it does is a challenge for me for you to be all the way in Canada and for me to be able to interpret what you could possibly mean being a non-producer and to translate this energy you're giving me into the energy you would like to have sonically. Mm -hmm. Feel me? 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And it, it is it is a translation exercise, right? Because yeah, it is I, a trans. And yeah. for me, and for Joe, I'm quite sure I speak for Joe too. That's exciting. That's like, what could he have meant? Oh, I think he means. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, let's yeah. give him this. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, he's gonna love this. You know what I mean? Oh. And then when you do, it's like, yeah. Oh, I tell you, it, it it is a really interesting exercise. And you're right, that translation is really difficult because I. Yeah. I'm only musically inclined in the sense that I like music. That that means yeah. nothing to a to a producer. Yeah. That means nothing yeah. to somebody of your yeah. of you guys' caliber. Um, so you yeah. do have to take that and say, what the hell did that mean, and how does that translate to the auditory experience? So I love what okay. you guys do. That's great. Um, and just yeah, for man. people who are listening, that breakdown before. Can you do that again? That beatboxing. Beat. 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 <laughs> This has been really fun, really illuminating. Joe, I didn't know you before, but um, I... I really... Yeah, I was hiding, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in the background, in the background, but, uh, but I see, I see. Uh, you know, hopefully Andy doesn't see this, man, but I, I don't know how you deal with that guy, man. I don't know. No. <laughs> so there you have it. The conversation continues. Part of our show was recorded and produced at Simplified Studios, the soundstage and auditory office of Speech Simplify. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by my guests, Andy and Joaquim of Multiformats. I thank you both for taking the time and for opening up with our audience about your journeys. Now, if you like what you've heard, there's more. Our upcoming roster of shows will include inspiring conversations with change agents, entrepreneurs, and other inspiring people from the continent and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. You can find us wherever you do your listening. That's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and recently iHeartRadio. If you enjoy some social sprinkled in with your experience, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram under our handles, Crowd54. Listen, like, share. I'm your host, Kandwani Mwase. Until we meet again, thanks for listening.